The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. Um, Jay, one, one thing that you need to make sure when you upload this, because we're, look, we've seen the episode. Um, I saw most of it. I had to skip like a 10 minute portion just so I could see the end because I wasn't now able to watch it until this morning. Right. Don't ask me why, but whatever. I've, I've seen most of the vast majority of it and all I skipped was the bullshit back and forth because whoever they had, um, whoever they had as a, as, as a, um, what do you call it? as a consultant about how courtrooms work, um, was probably like a first year law student. Cause that was fucking abysmal. Anyway. <laughs> um, I was about I think, to say that. Yeah, it was, it was fucking, you, you don't, you can't disregard a law because you feel good. Um, that's not how the shit works. So, um, all I'm going to tell you right now is obviously you might be able to hear my voice. This is going to be a trigger warning for some people who are a little bit softer. Content alert. Content alert. I don't say softer is derogatory. I say softer is people who are a little bit more susceptible to getting fired up over a conversation. So we may want to, may want to put that there because I can already see, I can already uh, played it over in my head a couple of times. And there's going to be a few times where, uh, where I might, uh, anyway, you get, you get the idea. Yeah, absolutely. I do. He's kind of strange. Kirk. It is what he's saying. <laughs> oh, is that a, is that a thing? Is that an adverb? It's going to strange Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Can't wait to see what our, that. Our, our, our listeners love it. They, they'd probably see that warning and be like, dude, we got to listen to this. And this is great. That's how you get more <laughs> listeners is when you have a warning. <clears throat> um, yep. I was, anyway. I was definitely, um, actually, when I was when I was watching it, I was kind of like, "All right, so this is this is Strange New World's version of Measure of a Man." And oh yeah, first of all, it had all women, right? So it was, I guess, Measure of a Woman episode. But it was like, "Good lord, this isn't this isn't how a courtroom works." You have no idea. No, it was pretty. It was pretty terrible. They went out of their way to make sure that it was. Um. Anyway, it, it was very obvious what they did. It wasn't even. It, it was so cookie cutter that it was just not, it was, it was very discovery esque. I'm going to put it to you that way. So those who know me know that I'm going to have some stuff to say about it. Well, to me at first I was thinking this is going to be a challenge because I always kind of feel like doing courtroom based drama can be tough. And naturally I think anyone that you, any real lawyer or attorney or judge that you talk to can watch any of this stuff, uh, whether it's law and order or any other court drama. And they'll tell you, it's not like this. You, you don't just suddenly have a surprise witness walk in with the aha moment or they can list or name any other thing. And we get that because it needs to be compelling. It needs to be something good. It's not going to be real. I think if it's if it's like how real actual courtroom works, then it's not going to be interesting. It's it's going to be that would prove it boring as fuck, wouldn't it? Well, do you let me let me ask you this? Do you find Law and Order interesting? Yes. Yeah, I do. Law Law and Order is probably one of the most real versions of how law enforcement and the judicial process works. It is very accurate. Well, so. Is it accurate? The only, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
the only thing that's inaccurate is obviously they don't tell you the amount of time that's lapsed between the investigation and the trial. I mean, that could be three years, right? So that's the only way you wouldn't be able to do that. You would just have like the first three seasons of a show being them arresting everyone and investigating. And then the last three seasons would just be the trials, which actually would be kind of interesting in my opinion. That's actually a pretty good idea. We should table that and come back to it. We'll write something and we'll sell it anyway. Um, so it is actually quite accurate. And as someone who spent lots of time in the courtroom, um, not as a criminal, <laughs> um, not as a but both sure. in criminal and civil court, I can tell you that law and order is probably one of the most accurate depictions within the realm that it stays in entertainment. And by the way, if you've ever seen a real court case, um, most of your courts, if you ever have time, most courts are publicly access accessible. So you can just go in and sit and watch it. I invite you to go into like a traffic court and just listen to some of this shit. It is more entertaining than anything that you're going to find that you'll be able to stream. I guarantee it. Anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh Yeah. Wouldn't yeah, that be a nice yeah. hobby is to like, Jay, what are you going to do today? A, I'm going to go to a courtroom and just old, chill. Dude, we had an old Shout guy. objection and things like that from the back. We had, a, we had an old guy. Um, um, let me, let me clarify, Spanner. American courts, um, UK courts don't put up with the same. They don't allow people to do the things that, that lawyers do here. Um, they don't, they don't put up with the same theatrical bullshit that they put up with. We, we call them solicitors, which I always think sounds a bit more <clears throat> well, solicitatious. So what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is it's, it's still very much um, pomp and circumstance kind of thing in the vast majority of UK. Because one of my buddies is a, he was a Wait. police officer, right? And so like the, the lawyers yelling at each other and all this, they don't put up with those types of things in the vast majority of the courts over there. It's, it's very unprofessional and you'll lose your license. And so it's always interesting. A buddy of mine, he went, I invited him to, he was talking about, it. And I said, dude, just show up. I got to go to court on this day. I said, show up, man. It's interesting. So he actually did. He shows up, he gets done and he goes, how are these, how are these lawyers still allowed in this courtroom? And I said, what do you mean? He was like, they're raising their voice and slapping things. And there's all this theatrical William Shatner shit. He's like, <laughs> what? He said, how are they allowed to do that? I said, are they not allowed to do that over there? He goes, Oh God, no. He said, they'll kick you out. And you know, like the first time might be a warning, but after that, they'll like, you know, contact the, what, I don't know, whatever they call it over there, but like over here, we have like the bar association for the lawyers. They'll like get your license suspended and you can't do all those things. And I was like, well, that's how a court probably should be run. But yeah, you're probably not allowed to go to the gentleman's club afterwards either. If you start any of those, any of that nonsense, no one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, feel, I feel like the difference between the gentlemen's clubs over there and here, you know, one of them involves ah, a nice yeah. velvet chair and a smoking jacket. And over here, you got, you got Cassandra with her grocery bag belly and her 48 kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably have those too. And I imagine there are a good number of lawyers in them. But I'm thinking more <laughs> the, with, the, with the wood panel walls and things like that. You know. <clears throat> wood panel. Anyway. That's great. Yeah, and a nice GMT. Yeah. So, with what I want to talk about with the episode, so it's season two, episode two. I'm trying to recall the name off the top of my head. I should have had it pulled up on my phone because it's a Latin phrase that gets explained. Astra per aspera, something like that. It's, it's, it's something like that, yeah. That sounds right. Uh, something yeah. about go, something it has something to do with the stars or the planets or some shit. I can't remember. Obviously, Astra, right? Stars through yeah, through yeah, yeah, yeah. Through something to reach the stars. I can't remember. My Latin's pretty terrible, but I, we all know what Astra means. Damn it! 
Yes. All I know is e pluribus unum because it's on a dollar bill. I don't know what it actually means. I know those words are there. Pretty sure. Okay. So we, we've learned today that Big J does not play about his money. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what the Latin means on it, but. Uh, but sometimes you just need something to read. You know. Hold on just a moment. Let me. Megan was yeah, just on and gone. So can those of us, I think, that are, <clears throat> excuse me, have, have permissions for being on the stage can put themselves on the stage if they want. Is that right? Yeah. We're, who, really quick, Jay, have you actually started yet? Oh, yeah. yeah I've been recording. This, this is all going in. We do it raw. I mean, live. Fuck it. We do it live. live. <laughs> um, who else? What I'm going to say is, because I didn't know if you were starting, starting. I was going to say, I can yeah. give whoever needs permission, permission. Okay. Um, as long as it's anyone so in our command staff group. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, you know, we already have it. Dag, Dag needs permission. Um. Well, let me let me get into the to the episode some more. What I really found interesting and really liked about this particular courtroom drama is it matched up so much with our real world today and what we're dealing with. And if this were something that were to really happen in the future, it would be a shame to see that really nothing not a lot has changed uh, since now when it comes to being being fearful of anyone who is different, treating them differently. So for anyone who hasn't seen the episode, at the end of last season, we found out that number one, uh, character Una Chin Riley is actually an Illyrian. And what they do is part of their culture genetic modification and the federation is really uh they 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 have laws against augmentation genetic alteration and this all stems from the eugenics wars that happened in the mid 90s in universe so essentially you have the people that are not only is it against the law it's against their laws to uh, have these genetic modifications, but the way that they're treated, I really felt like it's how we treat people today. If you're if you're different, if you're not like everyone else, if you don't conform to whatever the majority says is normal or is right, and the Illyrians basically went through fear, persecution. It's, it's so bad that they have to hide their identity if they're not on their home world. And there was a, a colony that was talked about in the episode where things were so bad with them that they had to have a two different cities. Like here are the normal accepted people. And then over here are the Illyrians, the genetically modified people. And it's the kind of thing that made me think about in our history in the fifties, of course, with, with races, with black and white, you had your, your, your black only locations or places, whites only. 
we keep things <clears throat> keep things separated. Even now, there's always this division of of groups. Like we're going to put this group of people yeah, over here. Today, Big J, the division today is by choice. Nine times out of ten, or ninety nine percent of the time. Well, but I mean, people segregate themselves. I, 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 well, uh, in it, I would say when you talk about, um, as far as, uh, when you start talking about certain groups, I guess, like you could, you could divide yourself. Um, but I mean, here's the thing, man. And, and, and people know I'm pretty vocal about, um, the, the whiny folks. Um, I, I will still say that, uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, those things are very much still alive. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> I don't jump on the big train. Um, like everybody uses the term woke, but that doesn't even mean anything anymore. I guess I'm not a social justice warrior. Those people make me cringe. Um, and they should cringe as well. Um, and shut up most of the time. But I think pretending that those things don't exist because you might not necessarily see it in your day-to-day -day life is, um, just dishonest. I, 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 I want to, I will say this and, and then we'll, we can move on from that. <clears throat> there was once a study that they did, excuse me. Oh. Sorry. They once did a study. Um, and I'll, and I'll try to get that information. I can't remember it's, it, I, I, but it does stick in my head. And what basically what happened was that they took these, um, these people and they might've been all women. They might not have been, but anyway, <clears throat> what they did was they wanted to test discrimination based on, um, like facial disfigurement. So what they did is they put all these women, um, or men in, in a makeup room or something. And they gave them all like these artificial facial scarring and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Then before they would go into these mock interviews, they would, um, say, Oh, Hey, hold on a minute. It's, it's not, let me touch it up. And what they would do is they would actually remove it and not have any mirrors or anything like that. And they would, they would remove the scar. So when they were going in there, they were just looking normal, you know, as normal in air quotes as you know, that you would imagine. And I think every single one of them reported heavy bias toward their facial scarring when there was no scarring present. And I think the moral of the story is there. If you in your brain perceive yourself as a victim, you will always find how to interpret that from your surroundings. So I will say that, and that probably goes along a little bit more with what Handy's saying. If you want to be a victim, it won't take much to find the source or reasoning, right? You'll be able to connect those dots a lot easier in your head. So, uh, you know, what you perceive is not always fact. Your feelings aren't, your feelings can be wrong. And I think that's something that people don't ever want to say, but you can feel something and be completely uh, wrong about the situation. Uh, it almost feels like today's agenda is my feelings are legitimate regardless if they're right or there is no right or wrong. I feel like, and everybody should respect everybody's feelings. Well, I don't want to get into the weeds. I was just, I was just throwing you know, that out there. So. Sorry. <clears throat> well, I think to me personally, well, first, before I say what, what's in my, the idea that I have based off of, what you said, strange Kirk with choosing to segregate yourself spanner. Let me hear what, what you think first. I'm, I'm interested in what your take is on, 
on this whole thing as, as we started. I mean, I'm sure we're going to deep dive a little more, but what was your impression in watching this episode and how it compares to how things are now? I like, I, I think it's um, a good approach for any writer to try and, you, you want to engage your audience so they, they could invent uh, all kinds of issues that might well happen in the 24th century and we would, we would probably enjoy them because we love Star Trek but it's hard to really relate to. So I like that they've made the effort to connect with, with what's going on in Strange New Worlds and this week it was uh, uh, as you said, segregation, it was prejudice. And next week it will be something else, won't it? They will pick a different theme, but they will do it in a way that's topical now. Th that goes right back to TOS, you know, that was that, that's just, in, in my feeling, is is just good writing. I think perhaps where this fell down this week was uh, they were a little bit on the nose about the whole thing. They, they kind of really over-explained it. Like, they didn't give us, the audience, enough credit to connect the dots between the prejudices of the 24th century and the, oh, was it 23rd? 23, I think, maybe. In it's, we're in the 23rd. Schedule. Yeah, we're in the right. 23rd. Um, but they didn't quite give us enough credit to be able to easily connect the dots between the prejudices of the 23rd century and the prejudices of today. And I felt like they sort of really used a sledgehammer to crack that wall up. And, and, that does, and then that grates on people's nerves. Uh, so I, I think it's okay. I'm glad that they did make that effort. I think they just maybe handed up a bit too much. Which, which then, as I said, that, that's quite, that, that's enough to then start getting on your nerves a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, we get it. You know, it's, it's, there's still prejudice in the 23rd century. Um, give us a bit more credit, I think, to be able to see what you're saying. You know? well, I, I gave up on um, the Orville Series 3 because every one of the, their episodes, they were just speechifying so bad. And it was, they were good episodes, or they would have been, but they were, they were on a three-story soapbox the whole time, and you kind of feel like you've been lectured then at the end of it, uh, as opposed to taking part, which is why they draw these parallels, because then we're taking part in the episode. Uh, but you go too far, and you're being lectured, and nobody really wants that, do they? That's probably one of the best explanations I've ever heard, so I just want to pause and give everybody a minute to digest that, because that was actually an extremely excellent uh, point. One of the best. I, I can. I am. I am profound as balls. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Understandable. I like the liberal use of balls there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant literally. Yeah. I meant figuratively. Sorry, jeez. I meant figuratively, not maybe not literally. You look sound. You love your balls, Banner. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. I share them out. Yeah. So there we are. That's my feeling on it. Yeah, good, but uh, rein it in a little bit. Do you think that they did that because there's a thought that it's it's not as well known that there are, there are blinders that we put on to where when we have these these issues of isms and phobias that we try to we have this mentality of. <laughs> Well, it's it's not me. It doesn't happen to me or anyone I know, so I don't care about it. Yeah, maybe it's not actually happening as much. Yeah, and I mean, maybe I'm sort of, uh, you know, when I say, you know, give the audience more credit, they may know better than me. And if they did give the audience too much credit, that, that point would be completely lost because we've got a lot of I, dipshits I watching think, Star Trek too. 
I think you make a good point. And uh, I mean, I understand that, Jay, but here's the thing. And this is just basic human interaction, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I have a lengthy, lengthy background in, in communication and <clears throat> with humans on a, on a very personal level with high stakes, high stakes. And um, the one thing that you cannot do, um, it's pretty much just a, like a cardinal sin when you're trying to negotiate is to allow someone to feel like you are spoon feeding or force feeding them. That is almost always going to end in someone being defensive and putting up more barriers and you're going to make it more difficult on yourself. So you might be wrong, but if I come and I yell at you and tell you you're wrong, you're going to dig your heels in nine times out of 10. It's quite rare. Let's be honest. It's quite rare that you're going to be able to point out someone's shortcoming aggressively and they're going to go, Oh wow. I'm so sorry. No. What are they going to do? Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. I'm right. Even if they know they're wrong, it doesn't matter. You're going to cause them to to double down. And then they're going to use what you have done against you and say, see, look at this group of people. You see how aggressive they are. Look at this. Look how, look at, look how upset they are about everything. And what that's going to do is just going to create more issues. So no, if you try to force feed something to someone, it's going to almost always end badly. Right. And I don't think it, it doesn't take multi-million dollar uh, salary makers at Paramount to understand that. I mean, people on, you know, regular people like you and I, we understand that. So it's something that they've lost along the way and that they don't understand. And it's one of the reasons why people can say what they want, but it's one of the reasons why, um, a lot of the way that Star Trek historically had done things has worked out a lot better and has received a lot less outrage, um, than what's going on now. Also, people are very soft nowadays, but um, you know, if you look at the way that they presented things back in the day versus how they present it now, um, back in the day, it was a, this is, this is the social issue. These are the sides of both of those things. And that's it. But they presented it in such a way where it gave you all the information and it really made you think, right? There were some episodes that might not have even ended the way that you would hope that it would end, right? Like the good guys win. Sometimes the good guys didn't win, but by doing that, going back and forth, sometimes, um, first of all, it was pretty compelling because you never knew, you knew that Star Trek would sometimes allow the air quotes, bad people to win. So you never knew how it was going to turn out, but also it gave you the information and it, it, and it allowed you to think for yourself. It's like the leading the horse to water thing, right? They're leading you to water. They're not trying to force you to drink it, but it's there. And they allow you to think about it on your own. Whereas opposed to now, I feel like it's pie in the face and it's, I think it's a little much. And to go on what Spanner was saying, it's like climb down off the soapbox. you you didn't have to go that far. You were doing great up until this point. Stop. It's, it's a little much. And, and, and let's just rein it in a little bit. I wonder if this was something that I was thinking to myself as watching it is it really feels like, and you guys, please tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong or overthinking it, but I feel like the, the main route or the main place that you see all these things happen in today's world and what was, and the reason why it carried over so much, <clears throat> excuse me, is it feels like the, the early space exploration, the early formation of Starfleet and and all of that had a very much American influence that after World War III, that the U.S. probably came out of it still compared to others as the top superpower, not saying that's a high bar there, but compared to everyone else. And 
because with the U.S., the the racisms, sexism, phobias, all of that is basically baked into the foundation of this country. If anyone is going to have any kind of oppression or persecution on any person, it's going to be from America. And I feel like because that I is feel depicted like that's as a what's that? I don't. I don't. Well, let me I'm let me fin- let me finish it real quick. So the the well the uh, just real fast. So the the point I was heading towards is that the reason that these are such big influences and, and laws and everything else is because as you go through the years, through the generations, you have that influence. Most of that influence you get from Starfleet and into the Federation comes from the roots of a country that if they're going to treat someone that's different negatively, it's definitely going to be this country and that it's spilled over into how the laws are made and created in the Federation. And then, and it's why people that are different are still treated so harshly. Okay, Handy. Well, I don't think that's really our, how do I explain that? I don't feel like that's, I don't think that's really our founding principle though. Like the way it sounded to me was like, you can almost expect it's ingrained in our society of segregation. It feels like it is. It feels like it it is ingrained here in my opinion. Status quo these days would have you believe that, but I don't think that's ever been true. Uh, There's always select individuals that are that way, but. Andy, I, I actually uh, might surprise you. I'm actually going to side with Big J. Um, and this is something I say all the time. So it, it might be upsetting to some people to hear this. But I, I, you know, I, I, allow, I allow myself to, um, you know, change my opinion based on facts and circumstances presented to me. And this is something that's probably going to make some people upset, I guess. But, you know, see, I guess, cope. I really don't give a shit at this point because it's just the truth. Everybody talks about how great the United States is. It's the greatest country in the world. And, um, and, and my only reply is I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that statement with a question to who white people, um, because historically, um, and that's more specifically white men, which both of us are handy. So, um, I, I'm not one of those people, you know, me, I'm not a social justice warrior thing. I make fun of people that go out and scream on the street with their blue hair and all that stuff. And I, and I people know that, uh, go to work. It's two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> so, you know, people know that about me. Um, I generally lean on a lot more issues, more of a conservative, um, but there are some things that I lean a lot more liberally. And I can tell you that, um, aside from all this apologetic nonsense and, you know, I'm sorry, I'm white. I'm not, um, I, I, I think that people need to understand that this, the United States isn't the same for everyone. And it hasn't been, and as a matter of fact, up until very recently, um, probably big J big J you're, you're I think, I think I'm in my mid thirties and I think you're older than me. Correct. Yes. I'm in my mid forties. Okay. okay. So big J is old enough to remember, uh, what it was like, uh, and I'm pretty sure Big J has, based on the color of his skin, run into some things, uh, more especially probably back in the day, probably a lot less now, I would imagine. Um, but I'm sure someone like him could attest to the fact that it's not 
the same for everyone. And I would say that I do somewhat agree um, that the United States has been behind the times um, on, I mean, Jesus Christ, slavery, segregation. I mean, you know, I know people who's rel- who have relatives that were alive when they had to drink out of a different fucking fountain. Okay, so, but there, there's context here too. Like you're comparing <clears throat> it to other countries, and this is something that's systemic in humanity. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now, as someone who's lived in another country for eight years and been all over, I lived in Europe for eight years. I didn't visit there for two weeks and make it about my whole personality like some middle-aged white women when I do. Um, but I lived there for eight whole years, so I've been all around. Um, and I can tell you that racism do, do, does exist. Uh, to a degree. However, what many people perceive as racism is actually more xenophobia. Um, I was so, just going to say that. So I, I would, I would say that that's the thing. Um, for example, I lived in Germany for a long time. Um, look, man, there's not a lot of black people in Germany. Okay. So right. your chances of running into the, there's not a lot of black people in Germany. And a lot of the times, if you run into someone there, it's because, um, at least in my experience, and of course, this was back in the 90s and early 2000s, if you do, it's because one of the parents may have been a black person from a different country. So those person, people were looked at differently. And I can tell you right now, a lot of the time, it had nothing, pretty much every time I can think of it, it had nothing to do with the fact they were black. It was have to do with the fact that they were not fully German or whatever the case may be, okay? So right. yes, does racism, does racism exist in other places? Yes. It does. But I can tell you right now, as someone who lived overseas over 20 years ago, right? So take away the progressive age that we're in now, regular old 1990s. When I moved back from Europe, back to the United States, the racial division was so outrageous. It almost gave me anxiety. I wasn't used to it. So... I think that Big J is absolutely onto something. I think he's a hundred percent correct. And I know it sounds kind of strange okay, people that know we're, me, but we're, we're talking, we're talking the difference of <clears throat> 20 years. Like this is nothing. And you know, not, not every society or, or country is going to change their ways at the exact same time. I mean, but as you speak as a whole, humanity has always struggled with not accepting something different for many different it's whether it's look or it's whether it's the way people act or their mental capacity or or all kinds of reasons and i i believe wholeheartedly that that would follow into the third fourth the fifth 26th degree however the united states is the one that is now behind the times as far as equality absolutely well look at it if it makes you feel any better the the british are incredibly prejudiced about all kinds of crazy things so you know we're we are very very, we're not ahead of the americans we're close behind and i i as somebody who's also traveled (laughs) i've never lived elsewhere but i've traveled not a lot not well traveled i wouldn't say but i've gone to lots of different and the fact is, is you're going to get treated differently depending on where you're from, no matter where you go. Just a fact. Till you integrate and people can't tell much different, you know, or can't peg where you're from, you're going to get treated differently. Just simple fact. Well, I, th- I think, I, I think, the, the, yes, I think this humanity is wicked and blah, 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 blah. But this isn't the greatest country ever uh, in the world. I think it has, it has the... Um, it has all the makings to be right and all the bright ideas 
but the execution is shit and has been shit right. for quite some time. So I think the point that Big J was making, Jay, please, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so please feel free to correct me. I'm just trying to maybe word it a little differently for mm-hmm. people that might not understand is that <clears throat> because we are so behind the times, and because you're right, I mean, the head of Starfleet, you know, Starfleet's in San Francisco. Why wouldn't it be in London? Why wouldn't it be in Beijing? Why wouldn't it be in, you know, fucking Cambodia somewhere, right? Why? Because, <laughs> right. you know, of course, it's got to be in the U.S., right? Of course. So all these important yes. things are in the U.S., you know, and in the Kelvin timeline, they gave London a little bit. Yeah, there's this place in London over here. Look, look, see, there's something over there. All right, fuck them. We're back to the U.S., San Francisco, baby. All right, so, the, so I think because it is very, um, as you said, U.S., uh, centric and you listen to the people in the shows, most of them have American accents, you know, from fucking Iowa or Florida or whatever the hell. Um, yeah, a lot of that stuff does carry. And I think that it just speaks to the fact that we are behind the times on a lot of these things. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, people can make jokes about it, like the Theo Vaughn joke about, you know, I'm not really racist, but you know, I have some flare ups in traffic every now and then. Yeah. Like that's, that's funny, but it's also, it's also quite true. That's why it's funny. So this sounded like a fucking Aaron Sorkin episode, by the way, this, this whole interchange, it's like America is not the best country in the world, but it can be, but the execution is shit, (laughs) but it's been shit for so long that it's hardly an excuse anymore. It's been that way for centuries. Can I, can I pivot back to the episode? Cause I'm, I'm more curious about the actual episode itself, not the execution of the episode, but, um, I've been tracking, trying to rack my fucking brain, figuring out where the fuck do we, uh, besides strange new worlds, where the fuck did we even say that Illyrians were genetically modified to begin with? Because as far as I remember, they only appeared in one tiny episode in enterprise during the Delphic expanse. And, uh, you know, Damar's actor was the, the, the main one on the ship and they effectively helped enterprise. And then they got raided for their, for their warp coils that enterprise can go back and save their planet. So I, with this, this whole thing about genetically modified humans, uh, I was like, I had to go back to the, to the first season episode where she figured out that she was Illyrian and I had to go back to the enterprise episode and then she thought they were genetically modified. Not that I remember. Were those the same Illyrians or was it just reuse the name? Or did, did I would imagine they reused the name because they actually looked different. They had the whole forehead ridges thing that looked like. Yes. Giant. I, I think whatever. they were. Yeah, they're two completely different. It's kind of a case of I don't know if it was intentional or, or no, it's probably by accident is that in the Strange New Worlds writers, hey, we'll call this race Illyrians. And then when it's too late, somebody brings up, oh, hey, wait a minute. Those are the guys in Enterprise that did, did, did what you just said. And it's like, oh, well, well, we fucked ourselves. I mean, I mean, the Illyrians were of Greek origin, right? It's a, it's okay. a Greek tragedy, right? So obviously you take your sources where you can. But yeah, no, if you look at Memory Alpha, it, it lumps the two together. So uh, Dag just said that Memory Alpha article does refer to them as the same species. So I suppose they did establish that we have modified and unmodified Illyrians in this episode. It's true. I I think so. Yeah. Again, you know, strange new worlds and new track treats canon as guidelines, not as actual kind of barriers. Cause uh, I don't know if anybody noticed that throwaway line in the episode. It's like, uh, are you uh, any relation to con Noonien Singh? Like, yes. And then they just like cut off that line of questioning. 
I wanted to know. <laughs> like, I don't think I caught series as well, didn't you? I, I don't think I caught how where the relation is. I wanted to hear that. Uh, yeah, it, no, no, no. It was just one question. It was when Laan was was being you know questioned. It was any relation to Khan Noonien Singh, and she said yes, and then like it switched to Spock or 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 <laughs> whoever it was that was that was being questioned and you're like what what do you mean yes you're related and then no other follow-up questions and you're switching to the next person you're are you like, related well, to adolf hitler remember. yes okay let's move on yeah yeah, yeah. excuse me yeah sorry yeah castro is that a family name yeah oh cool all right let's go to ice cream so um but tech if you remember we did an entire episode uh during the first season when there was the big thing and Spock, we, you know, it was the thing with Spock and it was like, we were talking about it and we were like, wait a minute. <clears throat> if Laan was on that ship, when Spock and Kirk ran into Khan, Spock would have immediately, you know, fucking just judo chopped him or something and been like, Captain, I'll explain. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he would have known what was up. He wouldn't have been like, huh, that guy, that name sounds familiar. No, Spock would have immediately been like, shoot him. Be like, fuck that guy right. in particular. Well, you know what I mean? Like it, he, he would, they would have immediately, well, this Spock would have, he would have gotten really emotional um, and probably cried. And then there would have been a therapy session and he would have posted I mean, like his Twitter. It's still more forgivable than finding out that Spock had a secret sister all this time. <laughs> the entire series about, it's, yeah, there, it's really, it's really wild. Like, wait a minute, you have a sister? Yeah. Oh, what does she look like? You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean Michael? Michael? You got a sister called Michael? Yeah, wait a minute, I, I no way you didn't mention it. I'm sorry. Did you say? Did you say Michael? Yes. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> Yeah. So where is Michael today? Oh. It's 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 classified. She perished. It's, yeah. it's, it's complicated. complicated. <laughs> she got into this. She got into this crazy suit and went, went skyrocketing through space through a hole. <laughs> then we had to classify the whole thing and, and shelve it. Well, she has braids now. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, by the way, uh, just just to flip back to Michael Burnham for a second, uh, a terrible character, but. At the end of that season two, where they're where they're being uh, interrogated about what happened or whatever, it says Spock makes the determination saying all these records should be sealed or classified or whatever. And the bald dude that's taking this deposition or whatever, he's just saying he just said, we'll take it under consideration. That's all he said. What else? Nobody agreed to stealing all those records. Yeah. He should have looked at the, he should have been a fourth wall moment, shouldn't it? We'll take it into consideration <laughs> to the audience, you know, like, and then we all go, ah, that's why nobody's heard that Spock's got a sister called Mike. Yes, that's right. Re- every, all season, everyone, well, no, up until that point, first season and second season, everyone was just flipping, killing themselves over, well, why, why is it? And Spock never told Kirk that he had a sister and this and that and other. And, you know, he's hiding the fact he's got a brother. Well, okay. So there was your answer. They waited until right at the end there. And the thing is that they, they did it and people were kind of ticked like, oh my God, you're right. That was a good way to do it. We're just going to seal and, you know, purge the records and everything that no, happened. No, they, and it's punishable by death if you say anything about it. That's why he never said anything about it. 
No, no. He, he said under the penalty of treason, yeah. we should see all these records. And then the guy just said, we'll take it under consideration. That's all he said. That's all he said. Well, we'll yeah. Take it under cons- that, and that means they considered it and did it. That's <laughs> we were, we were going to complete see- wipe. <laughs> complete wipe or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, back to the, back to the courtroom scene with Laon being questioned about Khan Nooney and saying, yeah. um, the only realistic part about, you know, the, uh, I, I call this episode measure of a woman. Cause like all the pe- pretty much all the participants were women. Uh, this measure of a woman episode was the Vulcan co-counsel. That was the most realistic part of this whole thing. He comes up to Unichin Riley and says, when did captain Pike knew of this? Because if he knew this on before your arrest, then it is considered that it's considered a conspiracy and it's a much bigger issue. That's the only true fucking thing about that entire episode is that now you're actually inviting more charges to be brought to you because of, because of you breaking the law. Right. And, um, pilot on and then right? everything else, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, you, you know, you are under oath, uh, you know, being asked questions. And if you choose, first of all, I, I don't understand why you can't choose to deny because don't we have this whole self-incrimination thing? What, yeah. But I wonder what happened with the fifth the amendment by then or, you know, any of the amendments. Yeah. yeah, yeah the constitution is still even valid. She could have played, then, played the fifth, but uh, maybe that's not a thing anymore. I don't know. You're right. It's not a thing. And, and, and Starfleet, this whole, this whole episode, um, when you start talking about the judicial stuff, cause we talked about sort of the, you know, drawing the parallels between cultures and, and then, you know, from now and in this fictitious universe and the, in the, in the, in the future and all these things, <clears throat> I guess, um, kind of what I sound like text sort of getting into is let's talk about, uh, let's talk about how laws really work. Okay. Um, there, first of all, if you're going to challenge a law, those laws are challenged through a series of appeals, right? The lowest court that handles that case isn't going to be the one that's going to make a decision on the law. Okay. So mm-hmm. for, for example, if let's say someone's charged with a crime and it's going to be held, it's a misdemeanor. So it's held in a municipal court or, you know, uh, some, some, the lower court, right? You know, city court you're not going to be able to challenge the validity of a law in that court. That's not where it happens, right? What happens is you appeal it up until you reach, you know, either uh, an appeals court who challenges that or all the way up until a Supreme court, whether it be a state Supreme court, because the state Supreme court can also do that with state law or the Supreme court of the United States. Um, and that's how our, our laws work. And if I'm not mistaken, Spanner, I think the court system over there is very similar. There is a, there is a higher court where things can be challenged. The law can be challenged, right? You have like the, whatever yeah. court you have, the crown court, and then it goes up and then it, it goes up until so, you have, the look on Spanner's yeah, face. So like, you, no, you get what you get. <laughs> you yeah. get what you get and, throw, you and don't throw a fit. <laughs> if you go to court in, Brit- in Britain, just try not to be poor. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. um, just don't be so, poor it's easy yeah it's easy just try your hardest to not be poor um it, and so um anyway so oh let me let me I read think, this hold I on think, real quick so uh th- this is this is from dag in our audience we were talking about the f- lack of fifth amendment which i'm sure it's 
there's no reason to just assume that the Constitution became completely invalid at some point. It really is kind of old and not shouldn't be should be rewritten completely today. So he said the seventh guarantee of the Constitution of the United Federation of Planets protected all Federation citizens from being compelled to give self-incriminating testimony in legal proceedings. So uh, we don't know when the we don't know when the seventh guarantee was adopted, but it's it's there at some point. So there is a a, a parallel or a, a future version of our Fifth Amendment that at some point happens. Well, you can yeah, you can tell That's it's from there the by head. the fact that you you can you can tell it's there by the fact that. Um, when the attorney is talking to, or when the uh, prosecutor there, uh, uh, Pike's girlfriend, whatever the hell she is, when she's talking to him about not, yeah, not taking the stand and they're talking, Una's talking about, you know, Oh, I know that it's not customary, you know, for me to take the stand, blah, blah. That just goes to show that's just sort of prima facie. That that's evidence that that law still exists in some way, shape or form where you're not required to say anything. You can just basically say, go fuck yourself. I'm not talking. And so, I mean, we know that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my whole point is, is that a court, um, and first of all, some military tribunal, um, a court martial is not going to be where a law is decided. So I just want people, if you don't understand, that's not going to happen. You know, Sergeant so-and-so in the army isn't going to get a, get court martialed and they're going to go and be like, you know what, this law is unjust. And they did kind of touch on that a little bit where, you know, the, 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 the woman, the, the judge advocate, whatever her name was, um, she was like, yeah, this isn't, you know, she kind of touched on it. This isn't really for us to decide, but then was like, yeah, you're not guilty of all charges. The fuck are you talking about? She's literally guilty of all those charges. She lied. She did all those things, you know? So what would happen is it would have to, and if this was, if this was real and how courts work now, and again, this is, in a place where they just make it up to make the story sound good and make everybody feel good. Um, if this happened now, uh, what would happen is she absolutely would have been found guilty. Uh, and then there would have been an appeals process all the way up and to try to an attempt to challenge that. And that would have been a process that could take, you know, probably 10 to 15 years, uh, depending, you know, it doesn't sound so, hugely watchable though. Does it not? Yeah. No, who's going to watch that? Right? It's, not, <laughs> it's not inherently compelling television. Right. So although, you know, although, you know, interestingly enough, if they would have started with the premise that Una Chin Riley asked Captain Pike for asylum, then the hearing they could have gone to the same exact hearing, and it would have been made. It would have made a lot more sense with the outcome that that they reached had the premise been, "This is my request for asylum." So I think that the just just by flipping that instead of saying it this would happens have been to a be little a request thing. for asylum. I, I think it would have been a little more realistic from okay. from like a military tribunal that you are trying to uphold a law that is in conflict with the with the other laws on the books and making a ruling saying that, you know, you know, this law has to be applied first because it was first. Um, uh, what's the word? It was first invoked as mm-hmm. opposed to the other laws on the books and then have a discussion about, you know, kind of like the whole measure of a man where individuality of an individual is something I cannot comprehend at this point. And maybe there are laws that are going to decide this thing in the future, but based on this context for this solitary situation, this is, this is how we rule, you know, given the facts at hand. So I think that would have been better than just 
Oh, we, we, we broke all these rules that are in place for a reason with another rule, therefore cleared of all charges and you can return to duty. And you're like, what, what just happened here? <laughs> Legally speaking, that does sound like it's probably more realistic. Um, how, that, that being said, like uh, for this episode, I actually felt like that was quite a nice twist. I didn't see it coming at all. No, I didn't. Um, where they flipped it around there. And I'm, I'm not a fan of courtroom dramas at all. It's like... Uh, it's like they're all about setting up lawyers as being heroes. And I think, well, who's really the hell they behind are. that notion anyway? But um, I've been divorced one, twice. I, I can like tell you lawyers are not time. heroes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought that was, yeah, that was cool that she had this plan all along and she really kind of built it up. They set it up to this point where suddenly she like, she let the hammer fall. And I thought, wow, I didn't see that coming at all. And I usually do with a twist. I usually see a twist coming, uh, and it spoils a lot of TV and film for me. Especially in Star Trek, it's kind of they, they sort of choreograph what they're going to do anyway. So mm. I didn't yeah. see it coming a mile away. This one, new, I didn't, yeah. new Trek, New Trek. I will, New Trek. I will say, you generally see it coming a mile so away. I will say the one thing I want to talk about that we didn't really touch on is that. Um, the cool thing, the only cool thing that they did about this episode, there were a couple times when they, they got a little dumb with it and they needed to fucking stop saying certain things. But the way that they did it, they presented it in such a way where it was quite generic. I know a lot of people, you know, and again, if you feel like you're marginalized in some way, that's what you're going to search for and what you watch. And that's kind of the beauty of how this episode was done is that if you look online about it, there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, it was about anti LGBTQ. And then you have some people that were like, well, it feels more like it was just more you know, racist. And then there's other people as well. It could have been also a sexism thing. And it's the beauty of it is that how they've done it is it can kind of, there's no right or wrong. Nobody owns it. So if somebody says, Oh, it was about, you know, gay people or trans people or whatever. No, it wasn't. You, you want it to be about that. Right. Because that's what's important to you. But that's really actually not what it was solely about. You know what it was about? It was about whatever you wanted it to be about. Okay. So it was about speaking to that in the injustices that so many different types of people face. So I, I do, I do want to say that I think that that was done pretty well, in my opinion, and that they didn't just make it about a single, it wasn't really a single issue. It was more like of a generic template of people who have just been uh, unjustly treated and and uh, discriminated against and, and things like that so i think i may have sort of bl- like blinked myself a little with this with this feeling that they were lecturing a little bit and they were pushing it too hard but that's a really good point it was it was something that would relate to pretty much any uh, any form of prejudice that people currently feel which is good that's that's actually well done isn't it yeah you know and that's good writing so you could take this episode in this trial and relate it to whatever you're going through or whatever your history has been. And uh, just, yeah. just real quick, I, I looked up, I wanted to make sure I had the, the acronym correct. We were talking about how much of an influence that we feel that America, America's isms and phobias played into the future now with the Federation. Starfleet ships are still going by USS, which stands for United States Ship. So any and every time in every every ship in Starfleet, USS, USS in the name, they're still going off of this is very plainly obvious that the foundation of Starfleet, which is the primary influence 
on the Federation is based off of America. And that doesn't mean well, that's a good thing. Let me, let me, come, hold on. Let me, I think let that's me, pretty forgivable. I, I think you're also, you also might be missing something else. USS can stand for United States ship. They can also stand for United Starfleet ship. You bastard. Damn it. <laughs> Can I can I yeah, can I mute him? I hate it when someone makes a point yeah. and it's a good point. Like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Jay, Jay, it does not change the fact that I that I do agree with you. So I don't think it takes away from anything. I would just I think maybe that's just something you once again, it's a perfect example. Use it as a teaching point. If you feel a certain way, you're gonna look at it through a certain lens. Yeah. You're right. I have to I have to do one soon, but I, I have one that you might uh, I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on. Uh, as I say, I'm not that well versed with uh, courtroom dramas, but the ones, you know, when I do see it, which is usually a courtroom scene in another kind of show, the these the lawyers always seem to try and ingratiate themselves to either the judge or the jury, right? And what I what I noticed in this episode, there was there was effectively like three judges, weren't there? Which I think was deliberate to say, you know, we, they don't just put one person up there to make the decision. There's three now, you know, and it's, I don't know, what is it? It's fairer, maybe it's more more involved others. Uh, anyway, one of them was Tellerite, wasn't it? Did you notice there the was guy Tellerite there? Was Tellerite. Yeah. Now, if you were a lawyer in that courtroom and you're thinking, I want to ingratiate myself to the, the, jury, the judges here, um, the way to be polite to a, tell, a Tellerite is to insult them. So, what would it, how would it play if you got up in the courtroom and said, uh, my lords, ladies, gentlemen, my lord, may I, may I address the pig-faced fucker at the end there? <laughs> you're actually trying think, to get Tellerite on your side. And if you said to him, uh, thank you very much, my lord, he, would, he might take that as offense because you're supposed to insult Tellerite. So if well, you said, yeah, if the, the attorney thinks I'm right she, The attorney literally insulted all of Starfleet, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she was basically like, you guys suck ass. You're so archaic. Go fuck yourself. And he was probably over there like, man, I think I felt my dick move. (laughs) (laughs) That could be what tip the scales. She she noticed that, okay, we've got a Tellerite on here, on the the bench. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like kick this, like hoof this guy in the nuts in order for him to sort of take my side. Well, the the worst part is you have a Vulcan on the other side who feels deeply... Uh, uh, you know, offended for using that kind of language, but the Tellerite's like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. I totally get it. So the judge in the middle kind of had the the, the demon and the angel on each shoulder, didn't you? Yes. Uh, yeah. Why didn't they have an Andorian? Yeah, exactly. If they're going to have. They, it, yeah. <clears throat> well, I think the Andorian could also the Andorian could sort of be. The, the whole point, I think, in that one was to have three different ways of going about things. Obviously, humans are very um, emotional beings, right? And they operate more off emotions. Um, the tell the Tellerites are definitely very uh, blunt, um, you know, type of, of people. They're in a, such a way that it's very offensive. And then the Vulcan's supposed to be more of a logical, put my emotion aside. So I think you just the whole point was to have three different types of personalities there. And I think you could have interchanged any of them. You could have thrown an Andorian in for the Telluride or whatever the case may be. And you would have had three different viewpoints. And I think that was the right. point. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It wasn't really communicated by the way. Like they didn't, they never really communicated all three of their opinions so that you could see what they were discussing. It was just, they were just there. It's a tribunal. By the way, it was it was a tribunal. Yeah. 
yeah. The important, they could have the some important, fun with that, couldn't they? You know, like disagreement between them all based on the species. They could, yeah, they could have also, yeah, like like a little maybe 45 minutes to a minute segment of them in like the chambers going back and forth about, you know, you go fuck yourself. That's illogical. My dick's not long enough or whatever, you know, whatever the bulb, the bulb would say, you know? Uh, so, I mean, whatever, he probably wouldn't use the term dick. He'd probably use, you know, penis or you know, whatever. So, um, I think that would have been a pretty good thing, but also the important thing is that remember why there are just to kind of circle back to why they do it. Remember there are three judges because you need to be able to have a tiebreaker if there are different right. viewpoints. So, yeah. That's why there's right. seven, and be, and because, seven justices and, you know. Now, is this a criminal proceeding or a civil proceeding? Because you don't say guilty in a civil proceeding. You say liable. Well, it was a court martial, so it would have been criminal. Yeah. Okay. All right. Was it technically considered a court martial? No, they said it was a court martial. Oh, they, they said, said it was it, a court martial. She's like, yeah, this is the court martial for Commander Una Chen Riley, not for, Command, uh, you know, Admiral April. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Full on court martial. She she stood to lose her commission, dishonorable discharge and in prison. In prison. Yeah. And 20 years in prison. Yeah. In a penal colony, penal, whatever that means. Anytime I I ever hear a penal colony, the first thing I think of is penile. So. Yeah, he's a dick. We sent <laughs> we sentence you to this sausage fest on rare and thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there there was something I was gonna say, and I just now I forgot. <laughs> we started we started talking about dicks, and you lost it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot everything then. <laughs> I think it it had yeah I don't know I don't know I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll think of it in a little bit here hopefully but I thought I had a good point maybe I did maybe I didn't who knows do we still do we still like the show thus far I do I really do I'm just going to say I really really enjoy Strange New Worlds and yeah and going into this season. I was really excited about it because last season it just it felt like every episode was very strong and I had a very hard time picking out one that I would say was kind of kind of a weak episode. Um, I think if if I had if I had to, I would say the one where uh, uh, Chief Engineer Hemmer got more screen time because it was telegraphed that he was going to get Tasha Yard. As soon as somebody suddenly gets a lot of screen time in an episode, they're going to get Tasha Yard. And sure, sure damn enough, <laughs> it happened. Uh, so going into the season, I just I knew because Strange New Worlds was so good in season one that I was excited for this. And I'm surprised to me. I think the measure of a good show is when you can take a traditionally dry topic like courtroom drama, and you can make it compelling and interesting. It happened with Measure of a Man. It happened with the drumhead. And I believe, because uh, Dag mentioned this, Author Author was uh, was an episode. Oh, that was the point I was going to make uh, because in the episode pulled from the Author Author move of, I can't roll in a general sense, but for this individual, we will make an exception. That was the point I was I was going to make was so if you with with the law that she was breaking, it was also part of this 
um, now the, uh, the the poison fruit is if you gain evidence in an, in an illegal way. But you look at the law is is this was the law created just? And if it wasn't, and you're punishing people on an unjust law, and I think that's there's kind of a kind of a got to there. Um, but the poisonous them, tree refers to uh, evidence obtained illegally by law enforcement and law enforcement only. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I didn't. I, who who was the one who gave up the evidence? Who was the one that turned her in? I can't remember. It was, it was herself. herself. It was she herself. herself well, no, but La- Laon okay. figured out something, and she- no, no, Laon. So Laon thought that she, because she recorded a personal log of herself, that that was obtained by Starfleet and used as evidence. But it came out in the courtroom that she turned herself in. That Unichin Riley turned herself in. Yeah. And I remember she turned herself in, but I, I thought that there was, it was more of a, um, I have found out that you are an Illyrian and what are you going to do about it? And then she said, okay, well, I'm going to turn myself in because I'm tired of living a lie. I have to go back and watch the episode. I mean, I, I, I know uh, there was an episode, obviously last season, uh, I'm forgetting the exact circumstance of how she turned herself in. There was something that prompted her to say, uh, there was, there was some event, something that happened in this episode that prompted her to feel like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to hide anymore. And I yeah, don't yeah. remember. She, she healed herself, right? She, yes. It was like they were, they were, they were in, a, in an environment and then she, she auto healed herself and everybody saw it or whatever. Yeah. It, I remember it was in sick bay. Um, so I'm picturing pieces of it, but I'd have to go and, and rewatch that. It was only yes, the first or second episode. Yeah. yeah. But she, she turned herself in basically is, is essentially. The, right. Uh, well, that that's, that's why my point would have been more apt because if she would have turned herself in and said, I request asylum because of X, Y, and Z, then you could have had this, you could have had the exact same core drum, exact same dialogue with everything. And, the, and then the decision would have, made more sense because the decision now is like it's an afterthought. You, well, yeah. I mean like, it, you know, the, 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 the final part of this episode was you used another law to try and trump the laws that you broke. You know, it's like two, two law, two wrongs don't make a right, but here two rights make a left and she's back to where she was. And you're like, well, yeah, but again, we're also dealing with this, you know, we're, we're, this is, how do I put it? We're dealing with the same energy as discovery, but in a different, going in a different direction. And thus far it has worked out for people like you and I and handy. I can't speak to everyone else. Um, obviously our listeners know that we can't stand discovery so much that I have to put an asterisk after I've seen every episode of star Trek and every movie more than once asterisk except for the last two seasons of discovery because i refused to watch that horse trip you know i i, I didn't even realize that i'd stopped watching discovery i just kind of forgot just to keep watching you just, that, you just that, that forgot to keep watching <laughs> no i i got to like maybe halfway through the third series or something and um you know it just kind of i just stopped 
stealing it off the internet. And <laughs> I don't know, it's just, I just suddenly thought, well, I've watched Discovery for a long time because I, got, I guess I just got bored and drifted away from it. And that's actually worse than deliberately not watching it, I think. That's, that's how little I think of Discovery. It's, um, or I like, didn't look, even notice that I wasn't watching it. Or you, or you get to where you kind of have to make yourself keep watching it because one, you're completist, or two, because you do a podcast that does some of that stuff. That was why I do, I still watch um, Lower Decks. Lo- Lower Decks is, for me, the reason I stay with it is because, well, you know, I, I watch all Star Trek. That's That's just my thing. I want to keep current. Uh, I, th- I think it would, it's kind of an OCD thing also. Like I, I'm not going to miss an episode of Star Trek, mm-hmm. even though I kind of want to with that one. Um, I, it just, sorry. Huh? You, you kind of hope that the worst episode of Star Trek is still better than the best episode of insert your workplace. Insert sure. this. Yeah. Um, so the, you Lower know there is there is good. some reason to keep watching that. Lower decks is pretty good. I was just saying lower decks pretty good. Why don't you like it? Well, so here's why. I feel like lower decks is mainly a reference show and an in joke show. It used to be at first I thought it was pretty cool. Okay, how they're making these references to past. Star Trek and characters, whatnot. I really liked how they made the animated series so canon that there's no denying it now because the original, the animated series was always kind of even Roddenberry at one point said that this is apocryphal. This is its own thing. And I I guess kind of went back on that. And there was some debate on whether or not the animated series was canon or not. And Lower Decks did it a service by basically, yes, it is. These are the things we're pulling from the animated series. So anyway, with with Lower Decks, it felt like it was just rehashing this, the stale old chestnut of we're going to reference Kirk and Spock and this incident and that. But I will I will tell you when the show really jumped the shark. And when I really said, I wish I could stop watching this, but I can't because of just being a completionist and because of podcasting and everything else was the episode with peanut hamper and the, <laughs> the, the, I, bird. I, the bird, yeah, the bird, you guys probably knew as soon as I said peanut <laughs> hamper, you knew where I was going to end that. that peanut hamper is a floating fleshlight. That episode, <laughs> see that that was that makes me like angry. It was such a bad episode. It was. It, it, let me just tell you how bad it was, in my opinion. It when we on Beyond Trek podcast when we were doing our episode reviews, I the thing that I would do, like I'm I'm always kind of a off the cuff sort of person. I hardly ever have speeches or notes or whatever. That's just my thing. I just like. You know, we'll do it live kind of thing. Well, for this, and Dag will tell you, he's, he's an audience right now. Dag will tell you, I had printed out my my beef and problems with this episode. Now, if I print something out, you know, there's going to be some shit. 
and serious. I went, it was serious. Yes. I was not playing around there. I wasn't joking. This was serious. And I went you down this the printer out of the cupboard, plugged it in, tried to find one of those old USBs with a square. And yeah, yeah print, printer, printer right here. We'll tell you the printer was in tears. Like <laughs> this is too much, but it was horrible. I, hey, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, do you think that peanut hamper has a drip tray like a George Foreman grill? Oh, God. No. Man. Oh. <laughs> Why? Why? And I'm not going to be able to get that image out of my head anytime soon. It's like when you hear a bad show tune or something in your head, you can't get it out. Like. Your peanut hamper has a fucking KY reservoir like it's a windshield washer reservoir oh, for an old view. <laughs> that's nonsense. You know, it would just you know replicate from whenever it needed it. You know what's funny? It's 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 like I, I don't actually refer to peanut hamper and whatever that whatever that bird thing is. I only I only use it as a reference from other shows. Like for me, it's always been the uh uh Thanagarian mating with BB eight. Like that's how I describe <laughs> <Yes>. it. Yes, <laughs> it was. Th- th- so that, that was, was. Yeah, that was traumatizing in a in in a in the was. most positive way that you it could be for us because we had a lot of fun with that one, but we're also we're also we we appeal to the the fringe fans of Star Trek, the, 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 the lowest common denominator. We'll, we are definitely. I hear a Star Trek fan and a U.S. Marine. You're probably like our content. I completely get the whole interspecies relationship thing, <laughs> because now that you're this space faring, all these different species are exposed to each other. I get that you have humans, Vulcans, Neat. Vulcans, Klingons, humans. Kling- you, you have just this plethora of, of, of people now intermingling, but they went too far, damn it. <laughs> they went I, just, I gotta I gotta I gotta say I gotta say this just because some of the some Star Trek fans like to take every they like to be offended on everyone else's behalf. The Marine joke <laughs> was a joke. Uh my best one of my best friends is a Marine. Uh, you know. This, this I'm I'm we don't have the, to qualify it, Strange Kirk. You know, we do, we do. These <laughs> no, are this, no, so, you really no, don't. listen, listen, listen. The, the, not everybody that's gonna be listening to this or Trek talk people. So, no, but your your explanation. I've had this like I've had this conversation with Jay before. We've even talked about it. And I'm sure he remembers. <laughs> sometimes we when I will I will we are used to saying these things, and then if people get about hurt, we go go fuck yourself. You got to think there's other people that are listening to this that they're they want to be offended about everything. Unfortunately, so just throwing it out there. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Sorry, guys. I have to do one, unfortunately. I really enjoyed this. I will. I will. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and wrap that, up. Is that British? Is that British for take a shit? <laughs> it probably is. Um, We're not familiar with doing one. Not, I mean, I, I'm bound to say that's not the case, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a weird mission. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, all right. We get it. Oh, hey, uh, are you going? Are you? Is that sorry, also sir, the master uh, mate? What does that mean? <laughs> just going on an away mission. We're back in time. You know, no, no, that's right. Well, uh, let's. I will give it. I will give it seven point two out of ten for this episode. Which? Oh, uh, there you go. Rating system before. Rating system before we go. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm just going to hit it with an even seven. I'm going to say it was passing, but nothing that's spectacular. Bad. Yeah. Okay. LLAP. I will catch you guys 
on Discord. Join the Discord, everybody. Oh, they yeah. already have pistols. Visit us on starfleetpodcast.net. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank thank you all, all right. for coming in. I, I think I would give it an eight out of ten. So that that's me. But you know, you are a generous. Chat, right. I'm generous. I am. Any well, anytime we bring up peanut hamper, it's a nine. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna click stop now. All right, all right, guys. It was great. We'll do this again next month. See y'all real soon. 